So hello, welcome back to Being Black with Camille Smith, and today we are welcoming Tyla Christmas. Tyla received her Bachelor of Arts in Biology from the University of North Carolina at Greensboro in 2018, and she is a skincare enthusiast and often talks about things you should know about skincare, which actually is what drew me to her Instagram page. I'm super excited to be talking to her today because I love just seeing Black women winning and having similar interests as me. So exciting. Um, and without further ado, Tyler, what does being Black mean to you? Oh, so this one, this question was so hard for me to like think about um, because I feel like as soon as I think what does Black being mean to me, I also consider what Black being, what being Black means to the entire like Black community. Um, and so I start to think like, okay, well, it mean, this means being black to me, but what if like other people don't agree with that definition of being black or what if that definition of being black excludes like a large group of black people because we're not a monolith, we're all different and we all have different stories. Um, but I guess for me, being black is really, um, submerging yourself in the culture and like the cultural experience that we get that's super different than um, anyone else. And the fact that um, across the dias diaspora, excuse me, there's things that are so different about us, but also like I could, I could call somebody right now who grew up in Jamaica and be like, did your mom do this growing up? And she'd be like, yeah, she definitely did. So like for me, those are the things uh, like that's really what it is about being black, the way that we can all on social media and Twitter, black people from all over the world can share our stories and they're so different, but so similar. We all have that kind of shared experience. For me, that's really what being black is about. And then do you have a concrete experience or memory of you know, figuring out that you were black? I was just talking to my mom about this the other day. So um, I think I was probably in maybe like sixth or seventh grade. Um, and I grew up in inner city Boston, but I used to go to school in suburbs. So I spent a lot of time in the suburbs, my friend's houses, flea blowers, all of that. Mm -hmm. And I had my hair straightened and I forgot my scarf at home. And so I asked one of my friends who just happened to be white, hey, do you have a scarf I can borrow? And she literally gave me like a wool winter like neck scarf. And in that moment, I was like, I realized that she had no clue what I was talking about. And I think that was the first moment that I was like, okay, I'm black and there's a different experience and a different set of knowledge that I have that people that don't look like me might not have. Um, and when I came home and I told my mom about it and one of the things that she told me was like, you know, in order to be successful in this country as a black person, you have to have some sort of knowledge of white culture, you have to. It's not really a way to get around that. But white people don't necessarily have to have that same thing in order for them to be successful here. So a lot of them just don't because it's not pertinent to their life uh, for them to learn about our culture in that way. And so that for me was definitely the first time that I was like, okay, I have to move through this world a little bit different than some other people. Mm -hmm. And talk a little bit about growing up in your area. So you said that you grew up in inner city Boston, but you went to school in the suburbs of Boston. Talk about that. Yeah, um, so because I grew up in the inner city, um, but I went to school in the suburbs, I kind of always had the best of both worlds type of experience. Uh, obviously my family is black. So when I was home, I was around black people. My cousins are black, my aunts are black, my uncles are black. 
if I was in Boston, I was hanging out with black people. Um, but as soon as I went to school, it was a huge flip. Most of my friends weren't black. Um, I had maybe two friends that were black. Definitely had friends of color, but you know, that's not the same thing as being black. Mm -hmm. um, and then I had a lot of friends that were white. So for me, there was a lot of back and forth on like, okay, I talk like a white girl. What does that mean? Does that mean that I'm not black? Or like, I have this set of knowledge. Does that mean that I'm not black? Or I move through the world this way. Does that mean that I'm not black? So that's a lot of what I struggled with growing up. Um, and also kind of coming from a family that um, didn't necessarily have the same experience as a lot of my black peers um, and just kind of navigating through like, what does that mean for me as a black person? Does that mean that I am not black or that I can't identify with the black experience? Should I not call myself black? Um, and so that was for me was a big thing growing up. And I also lived in the South <laughs> for 10 years of my life. And so um, that was a staunch difference for me too. That was the first time in my life that I had all black friends. I did not have one person in my circle that was not black. Um, and it wasn't necessarily by choice. When I moved to North Carolina, the people that gravitated towards me were the black people. So that's who I was gonna hang out with because I never, had to experience going out of my way to make white friends that was weird to me so mm -hmm. I wasn't yeah so that was my experience growing up <laughs> yeah so then going to North Carolina to study biology um did you feel that that was any different like you said that your friends eventually did become like the majority black people but um like in your classes was that was there anything different yeah definitely um there was just a huge lack of um learning about any culture that wasn't white, to be honest. Uh, when I grew up and growing up in Boston, there's such a heavy presence of all kinds of cultures that um, in school, even though I was going to a predominantly white school, we celebrated Diwali, we celebrated Chinese New Year and things like that. Things that weren't um, necessarily pertinent to white culture. We didn't really celebrate black culture things, but at least I was being exposed to something else. Whereas in North Carolina, it was like, white people, that's it. Like, we might sprinkle a little Martin Luther King and Malcolm X in there, maybe a little Rosa Parks and Harriet Tubman, but that's it. Um, so that was probably my hugest difference. Um, as far as, like, high school, college, to be honest, unless I was in class, I just wasn't hanging with, like, I did not, I just didn't spend time with white people because I didn't have to. I don't know if you, did you go to UNCG? You went to UNCG? No, I went to Villanova University. Oh, okay. Well, um, if you know anything about UNCG, we had a huge uh, black population there. I think the school's like 20 something percent black, which is right, super abnormal for a non-HBCU. So I really didn't have to spend my time around non-black people if I didn't want to, because there was so many on campus for me to spend my time with. Um, but having professors that I can't identify with, uh, that definitely um, weighed on me a little bit. I had some friends, my best friend at the time went to an HBCU and to see the interaction that she had with her professors and how invested they were in her um, simply because she was a young black person and I wasn't really getting that energy from my professors. So I feel like that affected the way that I felt about school. I didn't really care about it that much. Mm -hmm. And then do you have any advice for your younger self? 
Advice for my younger self. Um, I think the biggest advice I would have for my younger self is to just believe in myself. There's so many things that I've done, um, even within the past few years that my younger self would have never even thought was possible. Uh, for a long time, I had a problem even just doing the simplest thing by myself. I didn't even want to like go to the cafeteria and eat by myself because I was so, I don't know, I was so afraid. I'm not, now that I look back, I'm not even sure exactly what I was afraid of. And I still deal with that fear a lot. I'm just, I guess, fear of the unknown and fear of the uncontrolled things that I can't control. Um, but I think I would just tell my younger self, like, you can do it, believe in yourself. And it's not as bad as you think it is. Like once you do it, it's not as bad as you think it is. Yeah, because you're doing real big things. And I really hope that you plug that towards the end of the video because I, I feel like I've only followed you for, I found your page, I want to say maybe a month or so ago. And like every single time that I see you post about something, I just like get happy about it. Like I don't know, I just feel like you're really like doing things that like, like, you want to do and like it sounds weird to phrase it that way but like when I again see black people specifically black women doing things that they're interested in especially black women in STEM it's like that's just cool like it's so far and few between exactly exactly um so I'm just really happy that of course now I get to talk to you and I'm super excited about our topic today um so again Tyla is in STEM but we're going to actually tie it to skincare so today we're gonna be talking about being black and figuring out skincare okay (laughs) I think is really really important because um as background for you personally and for anyone that's watching um for anyone that follows me on Instagram I talk about it a lot but I have really really bad eczema Mm. and very very sensitive skin um so growing up like I was always thinking about my skin just from that standpoint and then on top of that being the only black person in a lot of white spaces I was always thinking about my skin all the time mm-hmm. so I'm always like trying like new skincare products and like things like that so again to be able to talk to someone um that is very knowledgeable about it would just yeah I, I love that too whenever I can make like a new skincare friend because I'm the skincare friend like in my friend group mm-hmm. so like I don't have anybody to be like, girl, have you heard about this ingredient or this product? Or like, so if you never want to talk about skincare, reach out. Like, I love talking about skincare with people. Like when I have skincare friend nerds, I love it. That's my favorite thing. (laughs) That's me. So we're we're friends now is what you're saying? We're we're friends now, sis. Reach out. (laughs) I'll take your number after this. (laughs) Um, So first, why did you choose STEM in the first place? So uh, let's go back to high school. So in high school... Well, really always, um, I always kind of liked science, um, learning about how things work. But once I got to high school, my maybe junior year of high school, I had a biology teacher, Mr. Warren, I'll never forget him. Uh, he was kind of like a shorter white man. <laughs> and But he made biology so fun. Um, he was one of those teachers that would make YouTube videos, like he would make covers of like black eyed peace songs to like help us remember cellular functions and different things like that like what different organelles did and stuff and there's songs like to this day I'll be I'll sing it in my head um and so that was really a catalyst for me to be like oh one I'm good at this like I get it it makes sense to me and two I love learning about how my body works like that is so cool it's cool for me to be like okay when I do this and this pops it's popping because of this or like even the smallest thing like um for example he told us when you choke or when you have a hiccup or something it's an epiglottis failure 
And I'm like, an epiglottis failure, what is that? Searches it, it's like, okay, that's a little flap that goes back and forth between your esophagus and your airway that makes sure food doesn't get in your lungs. And it's like, okay, like now every time I have a, every time I burp or I, I choke or anything, I'm like, oh, epiglottis failure. And so like, <laughs> for me, it was just like, I, I love learning things like that. Um, and so once I got to college, I was like, I'm gonna be a doctor, yeah. Like, turn up, I'm gonna be a doctor, I'm gonna get <laughs> money. Like that's, that was my thought. Um, but I kind of quickly realized like, oops, sis, you thought like, that's not really what you want. Like you thought that's what you wanted because I love biology um, and I do, but I don't really like learning it in kind of a tradition, more traditional setting, um, like a traditional academic setting. Academia is not really for me. Some people just love being in academia and kudos to them, um, but I'm not one of those people. I'd rather do a more social thing. Um, and so that's kind of what brought me to skincare, I guess. So do you feel that your journey within STEM has been affected at all by being Black? Um, yes. I feel like um, as a STEM major, you're constantly learning about white people and white inventions and white this and white that. And it doesn't necessarily give you that feeling when your people have um, contributed to something, you know, like mm -hmm. that feeling that you get when you know your people have contributed to something and, you know, you want to mimic that. And I like, I have these examples that I can follow. You don't, you don't learn those, you know, like you barely even learn about women, white women included. And so um, I feel like that definitely can have an effect on black people in STEM in general, just not seeing yourself represented. Um, and so not necessarily knowing like, okay, I can do this. Not seeing yourself represented in the people that you're learning about, not seeing yourself represented in uh, administration or in your professors. So it's like, is anybody rooting for me? Can I really do this? Like, do I have any examples? And then most of us come from families where we're setting the example for everyone else that's coming behind us. You know, like, I mean, my dad went to college, but my mom didn't do like traditional school. She's a cosmetologist. And so, um, and my dad is like older. And so he didn't do school the same way that I'm doing school. So I kind of had to set that pace for me and my siblings. Whereas I know a lot of my white counterparts didn't have to do that. They had siblings that went before them, their parents went before them, their parents are still part of, you know, like alum programs and things like that at schools that they're going to. So it was just a different experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I always talk about representation. I feel like literally in every social media stream that I have. Yeah. But people really don't realize how important representation is. Um, I was an engineer at Villanova and mm -hmm. I didn't have a single black professor for the entirety of my experience there. And that was including all like the liberal arts requirements because Villanova is a liberal arts college, but like mm -hmm. liberal arts requirements that I had. Um, and on top of that, I had two women over the course of four years, which just is crazy. Like it doesn't make sense. Um, and I understand that STEM fields are normally male dominated and they're, they're normally white men, but for some reason it still, you know, irritates me that like we-, we It doesn't have to be that way. Like there's so many- there's so many black women out here that, or just women in general, not even necessarily just black women, but black men, women, and just women in general that could be out here 
giving more representation. Um, and the more representation that there is, the more people that look different will be start to gravitate towards these jobs. You know? um, no, I, I completely agree. So um, you decided that you didn't want to be a doctor and you gravitated towards skincare. So talk about how you've kind of tied or found this intersection between STEM and skincare. Yeah, so um, it's my senior year in college and I <laughs> am supposed to be graduating, but I'm not graduating and I'm stressed out and I'm like, I know that I don't want to go to med school. So why am I trying to do all these pre-med requisites? Like, why am I doing this to myself? And so I was like, well, how, you're too far now to change a major. That's not gonna happen because what I'm not gonna do is stay here for another two, three, four years. Um, and so how can you take the degree that you just paid all this money for and that you're actually pretty good at? <laughs> how can you take that and apply it to the things that you like? Because at the time I was already, um, I was super into makeup at the time. Um, and I was already kind of starting to like, you know, do makeup videos and videos of me doing my hair and things like that at the time. So I was like, well, how can I marry these two things together? And then one day it just kind of hit me like, girl, this is science. Like, what do you, like, what do you mean? How can you, to formulate this, this foundation, there had to be a scientist that did that. To formulate this cleanser, there had to be a scientist that did that. And so I was like, that's my route. Like, that's it right there. It, nothing else made sense at that point. Um, this is my route. And this is the way that I'm going to be able to marry my passions and my degree. Like, that's something that I was very like, okay, well, how can I, because what I didn't want to do was to be stuck in a job that I hated for the rest of my life. Um, and I feel like our generation can kind of identify with that. We're just not really with the stick with it because it pays good and be miserable until the day that you die like we're not really with that and I knew that was not what I wanted and so I was like well let's try this out let's see how I can you know do this mm -hmm. yeah and I think too um that was a very interesting realization that I had my either end of junior year second semester or senior year um because even with engineering like they don't so I, I was a chemical engineer or am engineer. They didn't tell you what they did. Um, and, and they don't really give you like creative, like it's like if you're, if you're a bio major, you are either a biologist, you work in nature or you work in a lab or you're a doctor, period. Like, yeah, that's it, nothing else. Interesting, like more unique things that you can do. Yeah, so like they, it was very much like, oh, chemical engineers do oil and petroleum. And I was like, you not me. <laughs> you not gonna catch me in one of those factories. No, that's not me. Um, they were like, oh, okay, like they do like biopharma and pharma, which is what I'm in now, and I'm really interested in cell culture, which is what I do. Um, but there was like a period of time that I was like, one of my favorite professors. I was like, Dr. Elmer, like, what else could I do with a chemical engineering degree? He was like, Oh, like, do you like beer? And I was like, Yeah. And he's like, You could be a fermenter. Like, do you like wine? You could be a fermenter. You could do, work in makeup. And I was like, work in makeup. And then he was like, yeah, like, what, what do you mean? Like that. <laughs> As if like, I just knew like all those things. And I'm like, there wasn't a class that y'all like told, <laughs> told us all the things that we could do. So now that you've kind of gotten to like skincare, like what exactly are you doing as it relates to skincare now? Um, so right now I'm, um, I make 
skincare regimens for people. So I always give my disclaimer, I'm not a licensed esthetician yet. <laughs> That's yes. on the list of things to do, um, but I'm not a licensed esthetician yet. But I do feel like I have something to bring to the table as far as me being able to understand how ingredients are working with your skin on a cellular level, um, understanding bioabsorption and things like that, understanding that your skin doesn't have enzymes in a digestive system to break down food that you put on it. So like, how can, what are the compounds that are making this food beneficial for your skin? And then like, what skincare products have that compound in it? Cause that's what's beneficial. Not the fact that it's food or that it's natural. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Um, and a lot of people don't necessarily understand that. And so um, for me, as somebody who struggled with acne for a long time, once I found the key, I was like, oh, everybody needs this. Like, I just wanted to pass that on to everyone. So that's why I started to create content that really breaks down um, the anatomy of your skin and like what's happening when you do this, what happens when you put hyaluronic acid on your skin, um, why, do you, why should you uh, apply water-based products first versus oil-based products, things like that, um, that people that don't necessarily have the science background might not understand. And so I just sit with them and explain to them um, different things. And I talk with them about their skin and I'm like, okay, well, you have this, this, and this. We need some salicylic acid. We need some glycerin. We need some this. Cause I know these are the things that are scientifically proven to work on the issues that you have. Um, and so that's what I've been doing for the most part. And then just creating content around skincare and helping people create at-home regimens because estheticians are awesome but skincare is like 90% at home and like 10% in someone's chair. If you're not doing the at home work, you're not gonna see the results that you want. Um, and I also think that it's important to make skincare accessible to people. People don't know that they can get cheaper products that will do, they might not have the same efficacy, but they'll get you where you wanna go until you can mm -hmm. afford something that's a little bit more you know, nicely formulated or whatever. But there are things on the market that you can use. You don't have to spend $100 on a serum to get the result that you're looking for, you know? Yeah, and that's, I think something that, or the reason that I think this is so cool is because, because I had eczema when I was growing up, like I always went to the dermatologist all the time. Um, right, so for you, that was and, kind of normal. Yeah, and the cool thing about my dermatologist in particular is a lot of people don't realize that all skin conditions don't look the same on- On black skin. Melanated skin. And my doctor, he's a MD, PhD. So like he actually had the time to like concentrate in melanated skin. Because there are differences. Eczema looks different on a white person than it does on a black. That is probably the biggest downfall is that one, professionals are not even taught how stuff looks on our skin at all. Mm -hmm. For example, I wanted to get microneedling and mm -hmm. um, the esthetician that was going to do it on me was white. And she didn't even think, I did my own research and she didn't even think to ask me if I was like prone to keloid scarring or anything, which I am. Mm -hmm. And so like, I had to bring that up to her and she was like, oh, well, can I see your scars? And I showed her my scars and she didn't even feel comfortable determining whether they were keloid scars or not. Um, she wanted me to go to a dermatologist <laughs> for mm -hmm. them to determine before she would do work on me and stuff like that. Lord forbid, if I didn't know better to have asked, I could have walked out of there with a huge keloid growing out of my face and a week yeah. later or a few months later, you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah. so I feel like that's a really big problem. 
Yeah, but people just don't realize that. So I was very blessed to find this dermatologist when I was much younger. Like my parents found him for me. Um, and because of that, like because he could easily diagnose things because he knew what he was looking for. He gets it. Like the um, skincare regimens like were much easier for me to get and then I wouldn't have to deal with at least I still had outbreaks, but like they would be like yeah. spaced out. At least you knew what to do to like get it back to get your skin exactly. back to equilibrium, you know? Yeah. So, and then something else too, I put a poll on my Instagram story because um, again, like I love like getting skincare brand, skincare products from um, right now. I'm really, really trying to push black owned skincare brands. Mm-hmm. Um, like basically replace all of my skincare products with black owned skincare products really cool um but I was like oh like do you guys actually look at like the active ingredients in your skincare products and the majority of these people said no and I was so how do you know how do you know know what people do I had this conversation with someone the other day they just go by the words on the front of the and I'm like that's just marketing and it's not controlled at all and people don't we almost have too much trust in the system people don't know that (laughs) Um, I was h- trying to help somebody pick a toner um, and literally right on the front of the bottle, it said alcohol free because she her skin was dry. So I was trying to get her something water-based. We don't need alcohol, none of that anyways. So I was like, she was like, is this good? And I was like, I won't be able to tell you unless you show me the back mm-hmm. of the, <laughs> the ingredients. <laughs> and literally like the second ingredient was like ethyl alcohol. And I was like, yeah, no. <laughs> And she was like, oh my God, I was, and I told her, I was like, this is why it's important for like formulation is super important. Don't get me wrong. Like there can be ingredients that are kind of like, uh, but in a good formula, they're Mm -hmm. awesome. Right. And they add efficacy to the formula. Um, But you also do want to read the ingredients. One, to see if there's anything that you're allergic to. Like, for example, I'm allergic to niacinamide. So I avoid it Mm -hmm. all the time. Um, But two, to see if what's on the front of the bottle is even telling you something accurate because I was like that's just marketing you got to read the back too <laughs> you got to do both <laughs> <laughs> yeah so for those that are watching please look <laughs> the ingredients um and again you can follow Tyler because she talks about what active ingredients do or what they're supposed to do for your skin and again like something else too that I think people don't realize even if they have a science background like let's say like uh what's a like vitamin C is supposed to be hyperpigmentation, but like maybe you need to combine it with something else to actually see the results that you want. Right, the efficacy. Just because it is supposed to help with hyperpigmentation, it's not going to just immediately fix it. And then people also don't know, but this is where it kind of gets a little like, people also don't know how like volatile ascorbic acid can be. You know, Mm -hmm. like they don't understand why vitamin C serums are so much more expensive than other things. And it's because it's so hard to stabilize the like regular ascorbic acid, which is why there's so many derivatives and things Mm -hmm. that you also see in skincare. Um, So like, you just have to be kind of aware of these things or at least seek advice from someone who's aware. Cause I do understand like this is, can be really overwhelming and kind of like overbearing for some people Mm -hmm. who aren't into the science of it. Like we are, you know? They're like, my mom is like, I don't want to hear all that. Just tell me like what to get and tell me how to use it. That's it. You know, (laughs) which again, that does make sense. Sometimes, you know, it's good um, to just want to like try new things. But again, if you have sensitive skin or dry skin, or even if you have oilier combination skin, like 
actually like investing your time and understanding and researching the things I think will be much more beneficial than just picking something up from the store personally. I agree. And that's why I, I really like um, brands like Paula's Choice that kind of do all of that for you. Like they have so much educational information on their website mm-hmm. um, about like the process of them making their products and kind of like how the products work on your skin. Um, mm-hmm. And they do like a lot of clinical research on their products, which I really like. So if you're kind of into reading about products, um, that's kind of a good skincare brand for you to look into because they have a lot of educational information on their website. Okay, cool, noted. Um, and then what is your like, if you are willing to share like your skincare regimen because your skin is like glowing. <laughs> uh, listening, like you need to go over to the YouTube videos because so like you are going- So many people are like, you need to do YouTube videos? Oh my gosh, YouTube making real. YouTube- is so stressful to me but it's because I'm such a perfectionist I'm a big Virgo energy I'm such a perfectionist and like (laughs) a visual perfectionist and I know the kind of YouTube videos that I gravitate towards Mm -hmm. so if it doesn't look like that I'm like I'm not posting it like that's how I am I don't even want to post it but I do need to do better that's one of the things that I would tell myself as a younger person too like just do it sometimes you gotta just do it and then you progress and the quality of it gets better as you continue to do it you know exactly um but as far as my skincare regimen goes so my biggest advice for skincare regimens is consistency. I love trying new products. Love it. But when I first started Tyler RX um, and started posting skincare content, I was like, yes, my followers need to know about all the products. I'm going to try everything for them today. And my skin was like, probably not. <laughs> it went from looking so good to like so bad within like the matter of like a month. And I was like... So I kind of rewinded and I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to stick with the base routine and you guys are just going to, I'll give you guys the education, but I'm sorry. You might not get all the <laughs> reviews from me. My skin's not here for it. And what I'm not going to do is mess up my skin to fix y'all's anyways. <laughs> but um, so I pretty much, I mean, I change my, what I'm using from day to day. Um, but the thing that I focus on is water content. I'm always focusing on like, how can I add more water content into my skin? Um, Because dehydration, dehydrated skin is probably, I want to say like 80% of people's problems. Um, Most people are just dehydrating their skin. um, And that can cause a bunch of other issues that I won't necessarily get into right now. Um, So that's probably my biggest piece of advice. I, like I said, I love Paula's Choice. Um, I use one of their cleansers. I wish I would have known that you were gonna ask. I would have had everything right here. Um, <laughs> so I use their um, redness relief cleanser. It's I have oily, more oily kind of combination. I'm more oily here and then a little bit drier around. Um, but even though I'm oily, I tend to gravitate to products that are for dry skin, just because they tend to be a lot more hydrating, less drying, and a lot less uh, irritating. Um, so I have their redness relief cleanser that I use. I use that morning and night. It's like a really light gel. It's almost like a gel cream. It barely foams. Um, And those are the kind of cleansers that I'm kind of gravitating to now, especially now that I live in Boston instead of North Carolina. It's a lot colder and drier here. Um, And then I use toner every day. I don't spend a lot of money on my toners. I use, I don't know if you've heard of um, Heritage Store, their Rosewater toner. I haven't. Um, you can get it from like Target. Uh, they sell it at like 
Ulta also, excuse me. Um, and so I think it's maybe like 11 or 12 bucks, not super expensive. Um, so I apply that after cleanser on damp skin. And then I go in, I just use like the ordinary there, marine hyaluronics, um, hyaluronic acid serum. And then I follow it with uh, Paula's Choice has a redness relief serum that I also use. This is literally just all hydration on top of hydration. <laughs> I don't use that many active ingredients um, on a daily basis just because I feel like it irritates my skin. Um, and then I just follow with like a basic moisturizer and sunscreen in the morning. Sunscreen in the morning. Let's take a side note because people not using their sunscreen and it shows. And it's not cute. So <laughs> it's not cute. Like, it's not cute. I have one friend and I'm gonna call her out. I'm not gonna say her name <laughs> exactly who it is. And I'm like, yo, like you need to wear sunscreen. She goes, Why do I need that? And I'm like, just because you're black does not mean Let me tell y'all something. Black people, we get skin cancer at significantly lower rates than white people, but we die from skin cancer at higher rates than white people because we do not wear sunscreen. We do not go to the dermatologist when we have moles, spots and things to get them checked out. And we have to, that's one of the things that I'm always harping on, like wear sunscreen, check your body, make sure that you're okay. Um, because we don't, there's such, so much of like a lack of knowledge. Like a lot of black people don't even think that black people can get skin cancer. Which is cool. And like melanoma does not discriminate. <laughs> Like, again, like black don't crack is like cute and like kind of but like still wear sunscreen every right day. yeah still protect yourself um your face at bare minimum like if you're not gonna do anything else because people also don't know that uv rays are like 85 percent of what ages you outside of like your lifestyle choices and your skincare choices mm -hmm. if you're not wearing sunscreen literally anything else that you're doing skincare wise is pointless you hear that? A bit. <laughs> like, you hear that? Else you're doing is pointless. Um, if you're not wearing sunscreen, you're more likely to be dehydrated. Um, you're more likely to have fine lines. You're more likely more likely to have pigmentation issues on your skin. Um, as far as like tone issues, um, and so I mean, outside of just being more prone to have having skin cancer, so. Um, there's tons of, I feel like for the longest people didn't want to wear sunscreen because it gave you that ugly white, yeah, the white purple cast thing, but there's tons of sunscreens. If you need recommendations, you can hit me up on Instagram. Um, I also have some recommendations in my highlights already as far as sunscreen goes. Um, and they're all black girl friendly. I don't recommend anything that's not black girl friendly ever. See, <laughs> another reason why I follow her. You see that? Thanks. <laughs> wear sunscreen. It's not cute that you don't. And we know that you're not. Cause you literally, I put that on my uh, Instagram story and I was like, who wears sunscreen every day? And the majority of y'all said no. So no. I had to get on my mom about that. Cause she's been using like retinol under eye creams mm -hmm. and not putting sunscreen on. If you, if you, if all you do is put on is cleanse your face and put on moisturizer and you don't wear sunscreen. Okay. It's not my preference and I don't recommend it, but okay. But if you're out here using alpha hydroxy acids, beta hydroxy acids, retinols, vitamin C, all of those things make your skin photosensitive, aka more sensitive to light. You're more likely to be sunburned and your DNA is more likely to be damaged by UV rays when you're using these products. 
So you need to protect yourself with sunscreen. <laughs> Anything less than SPF 30 is not enough. Anything more than SPF like 50, 55 is a marketing scam. <laughs> See, we're just dropping gems because Jen is <laughs> so irritated. Again, I'm calling out my friend. I've been so irritated with her. And <laughs> this, like, you, please, if you gain nothing from this video, please. The thing that kills me though is like, people that want to complain about having like persistent skin issues but then don't want to take any advice that I have I'm like, like why you didn't ask me if you wasn't going to do anything about it I'm like okay that's fine <laughs> oh your skin looks so how do you I told you how I do this I, I've been telling you <laughs> I've been telling you <laughs> Um, but anywho, please wear sunscreen. Um, Tyla, is there anything else that you want to add to our conversation or you want the audience to know, please feel free to plug your Instagram. I'm going to be putting it in the description box, but still. Um, so you guys can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Tyla, T-Y-L-A underscore I-N-A-A-N-I. Um, I also have a link in my bio on Instagram where you can um, sign up for a skincare regimen consultation if you would like. I do not perform facials. The goal is to help you get an at-home skincare regimen, something that will get you as far as you can go. My recommendation is always like, go as far as you can go with topical products. And then, okay, I've been using these topical products for a year now and this pigmentation that's left on my face is just a little bit difficult to get away probably dermal like deeper into your uh, the dermis layer of the skin cool I'm gonna go find an esthetician and get some services done that will speed up the process but why not get as much as you can done at home through regular topical things over the counter first um, there are disclaimer I'm always gonna tell you like if I don't feel like I can help you clear up your skin I'm gonna let you know and I will also refund you your money because what we're not here to do is scam people out of their money we're here to help people um, get their skin better because I know how it feels to not feel confident with your skin and be looking down and walking around outside, like not feeling like good about yourself or not wanting to leave the house without makeup on or anything. Um, and I just think that everybody deserves to feel good about their skin when they leave the house. I will be putting all of her information in the description box. Again, Tyler, thank you so, so much for talking with me. Um, I think skincare is just so important because like you said, like it really can affect people's confidence and we want everybody to feel comfortable, you know, yeah. walking through the world and doing the, what they, Absolutely. if you Google like acne, one of the side effects is like psychological side effects. Like that's literally one of the, the side effects of it. And so I think it's super important for me. It was part of mental health, um, getting my mental health together to get my skin together. And that's something if you follow me, I mean, I'm sure you've seen me talk about mental health. That's something I talk about on my social media a lot too. Um, and a lot of, I feel like a lot of the beauty trends that we do um, are kind of a result of poor mental health. And we're trying to make ourselves look better because we think that will make everything that's going on in the inside go away. Um, and I'm here to tell you that's not really how that works. Did that and I was quite surprised when I got to a place where I felt good about my inside. I mean, my outside, but I still didn't feel good about my inside. Um, so I think it's important to work on both at the same time. And with that, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Being Black. Again, Tyler, thank you so much for talking with me and tune in next time for another Being Black video. Thank Bye. you for having me. <laughs>